wonderful. This is where the music comes in, and then we're on the show. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 54. How uh, how has your your weeks been, boys? How's your couple weeks been? We had the, the mini-sode compilation last week out, so I haven't been, gotten really to hang with you. It's been largely the same. Yeah? Yeah. You know, in terms of what I've been up to, same same old, same old. Same old, same old. That's about it for me as well. With a heightened anxiety each day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> outside of outside of my own job and work, uh, yeah, the entire nation is changing before our very eyes. It's yeah. beautiful and terrible at the same time. It's history, boys. It's history. Yeah. Well, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by two co-hosts, Jesse Cox. Hello, Jesse. Yo, what up? Hello, and Alex. Hello, as we hi said. hi. We're uh, I'm excited for today. We are we're kind of bringing it back to basics. Um, we're we're going a little less intense as like the last thing I brought to the table was Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of pumped for today. And I think Jesse, I think while while you may not believe it or you may believe it to a certain extent, I think you're really gonna enjoy this episode. I'll enjoy it. I have no doubt about that. Will <laughs> I believe it? I don't know. For ten thousand dollars, I will. All right, well, that's true. Ten thousand dollars. Oh our yeah. Our Patreon is available for you to go support us right <laughs> now on Patreon.com/slash/ChiluminatiPod. Patreon.com/slash/ChiluminatiPod is on the website. Yep, we've got last two goals that we've got up there right now is nine thousand, which gets us an audio engineer. So I have to stop doing the audio balancing on this show. If you show. guys. If you guys are upset with Mathis because <laughs> of what happens to the audio on this podcast sometimes, first of Only all- Only once in a great while does it get up. First of all, up. it's not his fault. Second of all, <laughs> if you if you come support us at patreon.com slash pod, not somebody. only will we never have that problem again, but also there's one million minisodes available. Every time we put out an episode- Don't say one million. You're going to be held accountable for that. That's okay. true. There, we are, there are what seems to me- <laughs> like a million, but a could be are way you running less. for office? What are you doing right now? <laughs> Look, if you head to patreon.com slash Chiluminati pod, your life will get better. Don't do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Don't, no don't do questions. This. Uh no, Stop this. no, just we like we like your support. Please come support us if you can. That's not the point of the show. Please just keep right now there the are show. there are ten minisodes on the uh, on the Patreon and two more will be dropping after this episode. So it'll be uh, a bunch up there for you guys to grab exclusively for you. Uh, thank you for your support. Are you ready? Yeah. Because I'm going to open this with a, I know. I don't know what we're getting I'm going to open this with a question, gentlemen. I'm going to open this with a question. Oh, my God. To the two of yeah? you. When I say cryptid, what's the first thing that comes to your minds? Like, what cryptids are the first ones that tend to pop up? Loch Ness Monster. Yep. Bigfoot. Yeah, of the course. Jersey Moth Devil. Jersey. Man. Mothman. Yeah. My man, big the Mothman. All the big ones, big so you, you know, all typical, and all of them, all here, obviously, in like the U.S., North America. Chupacabra, chupacabras out there, you know. Uh, those are all real. What do we think? No, the jackal- what? The jackalope? No, is no. A j- silly question. Of course. Not. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Why do I feel like? I told you, don't you do that? Where you're like silly, silly question. Of course not. And then give that look, like or no is it? <laughs> in my mind, Alex is just like he just highlighted the ep- the document for his next episode and just hit delete. I'm just hanging out. My next episode was this one's true. Is it the jackalope? Yeah, jackalope. <laughs> the jackalope. Well. Yeah, it's the same thing for me too, right? We think of like, and then we did like when we did the live show, the Dover Demon and all that, the weird stuff. Everything's kind of weird, very uh, humanoid with wings or some sort of alien-esque creature or some kind of hybrid monster like uh, the they Chupacabra. Show up and they do something at night. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but where we're going to go, the world is, is huge and there are cryptids of all types around the world. And while why we never hear of them over, often beyond the ones here in the U.S. is uh, I wish we did. There's so many interesting other creatures out there that should make their way to our knowledge. Now, the initial plan for this episode was actually to do uh, Ecuadorian specific cryptids, specifically because we have one confirmed apparent listener out in Ecuador who's listening to our podcast. And I was like, you know what? Let's do an Ecuadorian. episode super surreal for them. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's just like, blow their minds. In your backyard right now. <laughs> in your back. Uh, however, the problem, I ran into a problem when I could only find one cryptid from Ecuador called the Chienkachen with only one account of having encountered it from the 1930s outside of folklore type stories from the past. Sounds uh, like fun an fact. automatopoeia of like, some type of percussion instrument. And I'm sure I'm messing it up horribly as well, the pronunciation. I'm trying. Uh, fun fact, though, that Tianxin looks like a jaguar, has rainbow fur on its chest, and has grabby little monkey paws for hands. It it's... sounds like something that would guide me through, like, some type of acid trip. <laughs> How? Well... Wait, uh, time out, time out. <laughs> How is it the only thing you found? In a cursory search of Ecuador paranormal... I found this on Reddit, and why are we not talking about this? <laughs> talking about Creep, creepy Reddit. Ecuadorian gnomes. Anyone care to verify? <laughs> well, a few years back, I had a are... friend from Ecuador. She told me about a very creepy story about gnomes that lived in her house. <laughs> it started out like any fairy tale story: little men who lived in the walls. No, that's not how any fairy tale stories start. <laughs> Usually pulled harmless pranks or helped out of the house think elves and the shoemaker. But then it got creepy. Apparently, these gnomes are also known to wait until nighttime, then repeat all the conversations that occur during the day. They do this word for word in mocking tones. That sounds like My A, friends, Jeff the Mongoose, for one. <laughs> and B, also, gnomes aren't specific to Ecuador. They are a world... Yes, but no, but these are Ecuadorian gnomes. Sure, sure. I'm talking about hyper-specific specific to an area and they aren't seen elsewhere in the world well this guy's saying it's also seen in mexico right uh, from old aztec sites and ruins <gasps> oh my god <laughs> what we've, we've sent we've sent jesse down a hole i love that <laughs> i love that it could be aztec related oh my <laughs> god i love that um beyond that though uh you don't want this as a as your trip guide uh, alex it's hyper aggressive and can multiply itself when it attacks, like mirror image from Dungeons and Dragons. Like it can just I'm ready. have a Take bunch. Me. I'll be on. I'll go on a journey with the multiplying aggressive rainbow panther. I'm ready. Uh, jaguar. Jaguar. Uh, excuse me. Yes, I'm jaguar. Sorry, my bad. Uh, the Shuar Indians consider it to be the most dangerous of all jungle animals. So there you go. There's your little Ecuador peek into into like their very specific cryptid. And that's all I could really find on things that are specific there. So instead, today's episode isn't about Ecuador. We're going to go way broader. Today, we are doing African cryptids as a whole. Or at least a couple of the ones that I really liked because there's a lot of detail on some of these. And they're super, super cool. Okay. Um, and I've got to say, the cryptid landscape in Africa is maybe debatably even cooler than some of than are the ones here in the U.S. Uh, the U.S. ones tend to be more fantastical maybe even sci-fi in nature with some of it very mythological they're, they're a bunch newer right like the u.s has only been around for a couple hundo yeah max. exactly uh so but the running theme in, in the african ones though is like all, they're almost all like the loch ness monster 
in that they're all way less fantastical in nature and much more ancient species in nature, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. What I mean, what I mean by that is like they're all they all could be explained as like a leftover dinosaur or something. Sure, we'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, and well, while the proof they could be explained that way, but that would be the burden of proof would be on the person who said. Well, it, yeah. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So we're just going to talk about a few that have a lot of at least sightings from ancient explorers all the way up to 2016. Um, and while the proof varies wildly from cryptid to cryptid, just as it does out uh, out here in the U.S. There's no denying that if I were to believe in any of them personally, I think these are the more believable in nature, uh, especially with with one in particular I'm really excited about. Okay. And the first one we're going to cover is probably the, the closest to the Loch Ness Monster as a whole. Its name is Mokele Mabembe, which translates into the one who stops the flow of rivers from the Lingala language. This one's probably the most popular of all of the African cryptids. Uh, and I wouldn't, so I wouldn't be too surprised if either of you have at least heard it in passing or maybe by another name, because it does kind of come up another name and, and, and some consider that to be a separate cryptid, but I don't by, by what research I've done. Um, the Makole Mbembe is a large, smooth creature at the very least, the size of a hippopotamus, Just like but, me. but mate, what? Just like me. This is the size of a hippopotamus, which large, is a smooth, smooth size of a large, hippo? smooth, smart size. Of I'm hippo. coming for you. I'm the most deadly boy <laughs> in the it. jungle, dude. I don't know, man. You're you're closer to Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but they can be as large as an elephant. It has an incredibly long, uh, said to be very muscular neck. It's also apparently incredibly flexible. Its skin is known to be a gray, a brownish gray. And it only has one very large tooth. Okay, are you fucking with me, or is this just me? Are you just describing me? <laughs> you just had the one large tooth? <laughs> what? What's up? Yeah. Uh, its tail, though, is its best weapon, as it's also said to be long and strong like an alligator's or a crocodile's. It said it'll destroy canoes on sight without hesitation and everybody who are inside of it, though it will not be eaten. The people are just kind of left as a bloody pulp in the rivers uh, that they're found in. The first known mention of this creature actually popped up in a 1909 book uh, called Beasts and Men, which was the autobiography of the then very, very famous big game hunter Carl Hagenbeck. He was told from two different sources that the famed creature could be found in Rhodesia. The natives of the area described the creature as, quote, half elephant, half dragon. But it wasn't just the natives that he was getting stories from, but he also got a, uh, an account from somebody by the name of Joseph Mangus, who was a, uh, quote, naturalist, unquote. So, okay. uh, yep, sorry, continue, please. <laughs> what, what about this is, like, not just, like, it's an animal? Uh, the way it, it sounds like the way it's described is a brontosaurus. I see what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's I the, will say... I know this. I know okay, this. I figured not you might. from what you think. I'm gonna send you a link. Okay. I'm gonna send everyone. I'm gonna send everyone on a wild chase on the internet. Okay. Literally, go look up "Baby Secret of the Lost Legend." Yeah. It oh is my Literally, God. what this is about. Okay. It's a 1985 movie. We used to have this movie at uh, um, Blockbuster. Yeah, Mokele yeah. Mbembe. There you yep, go. The plot yep. is literally a paleontologist goes to Central Africa and discovers this creature. Buena Vista, 1985, 95 minutes. 
they have it on because <laughs> yeah. I like where they go looking for it and they say they just they found it. Is that what the thing is? Because I've never seen they, this movie. They find it. They find it and they find his parents and they're like they're trying to King Kong it. And oh, then okay, the other interesting. The, the other one, it's like the doctor wants to take it and make money off it, and the military wants to kill it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then, that's like, interesting. I've never seen that movie. Yeah, it's like an eight, it's like an ET situation. Sean Young is in yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like uh, at the end the local tribesmen come and help and save the day. Oh, cool. Oh, and the dude from the prisoner is in it too. Well, there you go. That's like why you know it. I've never seen that movie. Is it's interesting? Baby. It did not. It did not get very well reviewed. No, that, no, it did not. Happened. It's not a great movie, but it is topical to what we're discussing. And that's very true. It's very true. Well, Carl Hagenbeck is actually a very interesting and important person to history as a whole. If you don't know who he is, then hopefully this will help you. I've got some fun facts about this guy written down. First, very simply, Big Game Hunter was kind of all-encompassing as of, as to what he did because he kind of did a lot. But his big main focus was that he was a merchant of wild animals for European zoos as well as for P.T. Barnum. Um, he basically went out into the jungles and captured wild animals and sold them off. Uh, Although, profit. let's be clear. This is <laughs> P.T. Barnum, not the most reliable oh. source on animals. Oh, absolutely not. That dude just not. made animals up. Yeah. He was it's like, yeah, snake. it's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not about... This is not about P.T. Barnum, though. This is just, he's, I'm just saying. He sold animals I can imagine P.T. Barnum knows a guy who's like, yeah, yeah, I just stuffed like a rabbit head on this snake body. It's a snake a bit. <laughs> it's a mermaid, I tell you. It's a monkey and a fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, what uh, Carl Hagenbeck's best known for is what's known within the zoo world as the Hagenbeck Revolution in zoos. He was the first one. To, to do the whole natural habitats thing in, in zoos at that time, to try and create an atmosphere for the animals that was similar to where they, they came from. And then it was widely adopted over time. He also had the most successfully uh, most successful privately owned zoo in, uh, in Germany, the Tierpark Hagenbeck, which is still operational to this day, but it moved to Hamburg-Stilligen in 1907. Now, you're a 14-year-old. You're named, you're Carl Hagenbeck. Uh, you're 14. It's about to be your birthday. Your dad's about to get you a gift. What does... Not, he's got to be in the 1880s. What do you buy your boy for his 14th birthday? In the 1880s, in the 18, 14? In the, 18, in the 1880s, oh. what do you get? <laughs> <laughs> a coffin. I was going to say wedding gift, but coffin is, is works too. <laughs> a second pair of shoes. Oh, God. <laughs> Arsenic, if you're, uh, yeah. if you're one of the Black Widows that we covered. Silver acid. His first bar of soap. His first bar of soap. Interesting choices. Yeah. Well, uh, Carl Hagenbeck, uh, his father at 14, gave him as a gift a, <laughs> some seals and a polar bear. Some seals? Some seals. Multiple some seals, seals Did he and a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> like well, there were some seals, but when they opened it, it was just a polar bear. It's <laughs> <Just> a bloody <laughs> polar bear. He had a napkin, and he was sitting on his hind legs like... Dabbing, like he gives you a puppy like dog walrus. eyes and he just does the burp. <laughs> walrus and the carpenter vibes. He's yeah. kind of scared. He's kind of disgusted with himself, but what are you going to do? He's well, a polar bear. All that's really fun in Hagenbeck is interesting, but this final fact is what makes Hagenbeck a peculiar, interesting character from the early 1900s to an asshole from the early 1900s who 
uh, did some horrific crimes on humanity. Hagenbeck was also in his uh, in his career as an adult what was known back then as an ethnography showman. Do any of you know what an ethnography showman is? Because translated, is it, a racist? it is human zoos. Yep, I knew it. I knew it was going to be something shitty. Yep, yep. <laughs> he would go out into the wilderness and take a kidnap the wild people that the native people that lived out yep. there and put them in zoos there was a bronx showing every day from 2 to 4 p.m of this one particular woman in her natural habitat where she held a monkey i knew it was going to be something shitty yep that's a that's like a common attraction at like the world's fair and shit for many years was the oh yeah way back then zoo of humans yeah yep that was his thing he found it fascinating and he found it scientifically like a thing that needed to be done so he could understand and blah blah he thought he was being very uh he, you know, like the way it comes off is he was he he told himself he was being very uh, kind by also doing the the type of natural habitat style zoo for the people as well. Uh, I'd like to think just... that if cameras were achievable in those days, that maybe he would have made a documentary instead. You would you would hope. You I would, would hope like that think. modern era he would uh, have been a bit more of a uh, kinder individual. Yeah, but uh, that's the person who went hunting for this particular uh, cryptid. Mokele Mbembe. Uh, yeah, he went out looking for the Mokele Mbembe. The Mokele Mbembe. I'll say it ten times you know fast. What? It's all good. We, and thank we you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hagenbeck naturally went looking for this thing as a big game hunter, but came up short, as not known, surprised by no one, and never ended up finding the creature. The mention of this creature cr- uh, created, though, quite a bit, a bit of media boom back in the day. Keep in mind, he mentioned it in his book, uh, in 1909, uh, and he's talking about a time he went looking for it years before. 20 years um, before? So like when this, years before? Yeah, and so when this book hit, it created quite the, like a media boom, and a bunch of people went looking for this thing, uh, which I wish we, I, we could kind of be a part of nowadays, honestly. I wonder what that I wonder what that media boom was like, where there's just excitement in the newspapers about a fantastical creature. I mean, we say that, but I definitely remember when, like, 4,000 influencers showed up to take pictures with big ice cream. So, you know, (laughs) you're right. I don't. (laughs) I don't know who you're talking about. Things like, you know, those like places that are just like, oh, it's a pop up. And we're here. And oh, you get a dress like you're in The Shining for some reason. Like, gotcha. Weird. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I guess that's probably a modern day version of that for sure. But it spurred on a ton of people over the next decades, over the course of the next decades to go looking for this thing. One of the earliest ones was a German adventurer by the name of Lieutenant Paul Graz. According to his 1911 account, he says, quote, The crocodile is found only in very isolated specimens in Lake Bangwilu, except in the mouths of the large rivers in the north. In the swamp lives the Nasanga, much feared by the natives, a degenerate saurian, which one might well confuse with the crocodile were it not that its skin has no scales and its toes are armed with claws. I did not succeed in shooting a sangha, but on the island of Mumbwala, I came by some strips of its skin. Unquote. And when he says saurian, he means, uh, the degenerate saurian means um, like dinosaur, dinosaur, just like a dinosaur creature. Yeah, see, that's, to me, to me, like, that's way cool. I would would go on a fucking... Like hunt for this thing? dinosaur adventure like a dinosaur like, hunt twenty thousand yeah, goal twenty thousand dollar goal is a dinosaur hunt we'd need a lot more equipment guys look 20k on the patreon i'll basically do any i'll be i'll basically <laughs> go on any adventure once i can travel <laughs> yeah. the world again we do I'll the podcast as we travel bullshit you guys want i'll go to every stupid museum in every city 
in the whole world. Like, I don't care. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I'd be with you, dude. Don't don't doubt it. Um, continuing later on, the next decade, in 1927, a memoir by Alfred Aloysius Smith, who was at the time of the encounter in the late 1800s, working for the British Trading Company. And in his memoir, he says, I and behind the Cameroon, there's things living we know nothing about. I could have made books about many things. The Jago Nini, they say, is still in the swamps and rivers. Great diver, it means. Comes out of the waters and devours people. Old men will tell you what their grandfather saw, but they still believe it's there. Same as the Amali, I've always taken it to be. I've seen the Amali's footprint, about the size of a good frying pan in circumference and three claws instead of five. Unquote. Size of a good frying pan? A yeah, good frying pan. None of them shitty frying pans, like, dude. Uh, what does None that of... mean, a good frying pan? This is How the big 1920s. Is that? I don't know. I don't know. I love that. The Amali is also another name that uh, the, the, the the cryptid we're speaking about is uh, the Michele is uh, is called by. It's the same. If you look it up, if you look up the Amali, there's separate accounts and separate information about it, but descriptions of it all look the same. It, it looks like the same cryptid to me. I really don't really understand uh, why that might maybe there's a size difference or something. Along maybe somebody lines. just like started telling the story different. Yeah. Maybe. Know? Yeah. It's wild. It's wild, but it's fun. It's it's, but there's still one more from the 1950s, an account. Uh, this is going to be the final excerpt uh, from the book exotic zoology, 1959 written by Willie lay who quotes a report that was never published by an, by a man by the name of, Ludwig Frere von Stein Zulausnitz. Oh. Yep. Woo. Yep. Sure. <laughs> okay. That's it. And this is about the creature. Uh, he said in this apparent unpublished uh, report, quote, the animal is said to be of a brownish gray color with smooth skin. Its size is approximately that of an elephant, at least that of a hippopotamus. It is said to have a long and very flexible neck and only one tooth, but a very long one. Some say it's a horn. A few spoke up about a long muscular tail like that of an alligator. Canoes coming near it are said to be doomed. The animal is said to attack the vessels at once and kill the crews, but without eating the bodies. What? The creature is said to live in the caves that have been washed out by the river in the clay of the shores at sharp ends. It is said to climb the shores even at daytime in search of food. Its diet is said to be entirely vegetable. The feature, this feature disagrees with a possible explanation as a myth. The preferred plant was shown to me. It is a kind of liana with large white blossoms with a milky sap and apple-like fruits. At the Sambo River, I was shown a path said to have been made by this animal in order to get at its food. The path was fresh and there were plants of the described type nearby. But since there were too many tracks of elephants and hippos and other large mammals, it was impossible to make out a particular spore with any amount of certainty, unquote. The thing that's crazy about this, right, is that like, how many times, like, and I'm sure, I'm sure this is different for everybody, but like, you guys go out for a walk from time to time, right? Yeah, Just of course. Like in the, the closest you can get to wilderness around your zone, right? Yep. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, how <laughs> often are you walking and you see something and you're like, "What in the fuck are you?" You know what I mean? Like, be Never. it like a small bug. Or like something oh. like sometimes you see something and you're just like, what is that thing? I thought you meant some silhouette in the distance. No, that's no, like not a large like, creature. Yeah, not like the Mokele and Bembe. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I was just, like, I'm, never, no, never I'm happens saying, like, to me, like Alex. You see a creature, right? Yeah, and yeah. If you imagine like going into the jungle or going into some place like that's like uncharted, 
Like, I don't know. I don't know what to, like where where the line is drawn between like that's just part of it here and that's like mm-hmm. this is like some sort of special creature that's like magic or something. Yeah. And well <laughs> the magic. I I mean, do maybe maybe it's just a dino. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what it's like the, how the does late... the dino even get there? Like the idea is like how it is in Ice Age the movie. Yeah, with... or just like they just survived somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Uh the creature at least at least like nowadays it probably doesn't exist. Um, expeditions looking for the creature have happened consistently over the decades until as recently as 2016 when a small documentary indie crew went into South Africa, uh, from South Africa rather, went looking for four weeks out in the wilderness and then they later sold that footage to Discovery Africa. They unfortunately, they found nothing. I think you can still, you can watch it. I think you can watch if you can get your hands on it from Discovery Africa. Um, Uh Uh-huh. But they, they found nothing, and when speaking to locals, they would say it was difficult for them to determine whether the locals were speaking about this creature in a physical sense or a spiritual sense, because it, it seemed like they were swapping interchangeably without really differentiating, just the way they spoke about it. Um, other locals said that if they, if, uh, they, that they haven't seen it, and they, some believe that if it did exist, the last one died out around a decade ago. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Like, it's sad, but it's also fascinating because there's, uh, in 2001, yep. there was a series that uh, they went to the Congo and they talked with some pygmies in the Congo. Mm-hmm. And when they were shown illustrations of what uh, the Mokele could look like, they all pointed to the rhinoceros. Oh, interesting. And so they pointed to the rhino and they're like, well, there are no rhinos in this part of Africa. So maybe that's why it's so rare and weird here to to natives and locals because like for centuries it was like what the hell is this thing yeah and it also is sad then because if it died off that's like another rhino yeah that is sad sad as hell yeah yeah (laughs) um that's messed up so like i said what are they actually proposing is the cause then like them uh, seeing it by chance in 2001 the bbc sent a team to the congo to investigate and they collected a interview with a bunch of the biaka pygmies okay i hope i'm saying that right who identified the uh, Mokele uh, Mbembe as a rhinoceros uh, while looking at an illustrated manual of wildlife. Right. And so neither species and... of African rhino is common in the Congo Basin, and the Mokele may be a mixture of mythology and folklore yeah. from a time when rhinos were found were found in the area. That's what that, I see. A lot in a lot almost all of the uh the cryptids in, like this in 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 Africa are are like that, where they can easily be seen as like a a rare species of something that's just being seen in, in like capturing glimpses of it. That's because Africa has so many unique biomes. Oh yeah, that it makes sense that something from one biome could have wandered into another. That's true. And the people living in that area who do not travel outside of that biome would be like, "What the? What yeah, is that?" That's true. It's possible. It's cool, man. Um, and obviously, going over all this, there's very little actual physical evidence out there. Um, there are actual photos of what people believe are footprints of it. And you can go look it up. Just look up Mbembe footprint photos. But to me, looking at them and then like looking at hippo photos or hippo footprints photos, they kind of look the same. <laughs> they all look very the same. It makes so real sense. Yeah, exactly. So and that's that's that. That's that particular cryptid. We're only going to do one more cryptid because there's a lot. And I, I wanted to do all of them, but two just enraptured me. And this is this this is my favorite one, and this is by far the scariest one that I came across. Okay. Um, 
So this, you went like the friendly one. Yeah, we one do the that, friendly like, one first. Yeah, and then right. as for the people who listen to this when they go to bed, we end off with something that'll hopefully give you her. Oh, so they're nightmares. already asleep right now. They've already passed out. <laughs> they're either well, asleep oh my or God. they're ask, they're begging their son to bring him a bigger gun. Did <laughs> I tell you something? Mark I need 12, to, I need bring to, my off 38. Sorry, Jesse. I need to find this clip for you guys. I need to play it on a future episode. So I was listening to a podcast. And How dare you? In that in, in, in the podcast, it was like one of those like I'm gonna go to sleep news podcasts. Yeah. And so I was listening to it, and the commercial that they played halfway through it was like beep, 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 beep. Like some oh, no. like a thousand voices doing that. And I like woke up in the middle of the night, like terrified. <laughs> it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, what the hell? And then it's like a new podcast coming this spring. I was like, <laughs> what the hell was that? It was the rudest thing I've ever never hey podcasts out there never play commercials that will terrify your audience when they're trying to like go to bed don't <laughs> do that especially if you're a sleepy kind of podcast That's you know fun. what i mean oh yeah you know you're a sleepy terrifying. podcast too don't pretend you're not that's your niche and you run that niche man be the best and, sleepy podcast you can and now to scare you hell yeah the next <laughs> cryptid is absolutely the scariest and most interesting and even potentially based on something that exists to this day and that, my friends, is the the, the Jabbar Fofi. Okay, what? Take that one. Exactly. What, what is it? The Jabbar Fofi. Two words? Jabba Two words. Fofi. J apostrophe B-A, capital F, lowercase O, capital F, lowercase I. Yeah. Primarily, Fofi. Fofi. Yeah. Primarily believed to reside within the Congo, this particular cryptid is a spider-like creature in sizes Ooh. up to four feet in uh and far four feet long tall whatever you want to call you don't even have to tell me that's a cryptid i would believe somewhere deep in the congo <sighs> is a four that's foot what spider. i'm fucking saying like what the fuck <laughs> i would believe that's probably that real right yeah spider come on <laughs> the legend goes I believe, I believe that the legend goes that the Fofi is similar in behavior to a trapdoor spider they dig Ooh. they dig shallow Ooh, he's tunnels waiting. He's waiting. Yeah, they dig shallow tunnels under the roots of very large trees while camouflaging the entrance with leaves of the surrounding area. Then, after everything's been covered and camoed up, the Jabafofi lines the whole outer area with web similar to trip wires. When its next meal comes through and snags on a wire, the spider-like creature leaps out and chases them into its nearby web, where it then pierces it with its fangs, filling it with an extremely painful venom, paralyzing the creature and eating it alive. You're just describing a spider to me. Like, yeah, you really general, are just like, describing just like, all spider uh, like a four foot spider, a four foot long spider that He's has mainly just on toddlers. Way <laughs> toddlers. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. It's horrifying. And even at the end of this, there may actually exist a little bit of video footage of this thing. Shut up. Uh -huh. No, nope. uh -huh. nope. I don't even want to see it. Uh -huh. I want to see I it. I believe you. I want to see it right <laughs> now. I want to see this shit. I got to see it immediately. The Jabafofi also lays eggs that are pale yellow white and shaped like peanuts. Natives what? claim the hatchlings are bright yellow with a purple abdomen. The coloration becomes darker and brown as they mature. Some of the peoples indigenous to the regions of the Congo, where the Jabafofi is primarily seen, assert that the spider was once quite common, but has since become very rare thanks to human encroachment in developing cities. The very first sighting of the Jabafofi, at least by Western eyes, was in the 1890s by the Lake Nyasa, 
during which British missionary Arthur Jones Symes and his men came upon one of these creatures. His men got themselves tangled in an enormous web and two giant spiders, which were apparently, quote, two and four feet in length apart, uh, two and four feet in length individually, unquote, presumably a male and a female, came out of their web and attacked them. Symes was bitten, but managed to escape after shooting one of them with his pistol. He subsequently developed symptoms, including deathly pallor, severe chills, swelling around the area where he was bitten, and became delirious before dropping into unconsciousness. He ultimately succumbed to these effects and died. Whoa. R.I.P. Little Adventuring Man. Um, they're also mentioned in other books. Uh, particularly the, the more, the more older of the ones is a cryptozoological book by the name of, uh, by George Eberhardt, specifically, uh, in this book, the terrifying experience of an English couple traveling through a region of jungle in what is now called the Congo quote, RK Lloyd and his wife were mo motoring in the Belgium Congo in 1938 when they saw a large object crossing the trail in front of them. At first they thought it was a cat or a monkey but they soon realized it was a spider with legs nearly three feet long. Famous naturalist and cryptozoologist William J. Gibbons has hunted for what some think may be a living Congolese dinosaur. Mokele Membe also went looking for the spider, but could not find any evidence of their, uh, of their existence except for the stories shared with him. And uh, if you go looking on YouTube, uh, video for the Jabe Membe, it's caught on a security footage in the distance. You can see it dangle just for a moment in the distance as it hovers for about a second or two before it scurries off, barely noticeable in the background. Now, <laughs> you might say, yeah, exactly. Jesse's going to watch this video. And it's uh, there's a reason it's it not is. shown often. Can you find the real one? Will you link it, Jesse? Oh, yeah. Let me get. Oh, let me just get you the video. I should have just linked it to you because I'm. I just want to make sure I don't watch the wrong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Jabba Fofi on camera. I hate this. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. Fofi uh, up, baby. <laughs> I'm here, I'm baby. Lincoln. Come eat. Me. I'm here. I'm here, baby. Come I'm eat my here, children. Baby. Peanut eggs. <laughs> Old peanut eggs. Here you go. All right, here we go. We're going in. <laughs> yeah, watch. You have to because this is uh, with somebody having turned up the brightness so you can see the movement. That's how hard it is to see in this thing. So as you watch, um, I'll, I'll give you the timestamp. It's around the 30-ish second mark. All right, I'm jumping if to If memory serves. Oh, no, okay. So it's by the uh, the 45-second mark over by the tree on the right. Okay, let's Underneath see. the leaves in the dark area. You're going to see after a few seconds something just move away. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why that's the Jabafofi. Hold on. Because I guess it's huge. Oh no, I do kind of see like a fucked up creature. Yeah, you see what I you see the thing underneath the tree? Yeah. And then it bounce and then it scurries off. It's real hard to see any detail on this thing. Uh if you want chat or chat, uh people who are listening, look up Jabafofi caught on camera filter two. It's just brightness turned up. So you can see it. Forty five seconds. It's right at the forty five second ish mark. You like can see it right come under the tree and then the scurry tree. off. Yeah. yeah. I'll try to remember to put the in link the in the background the far background? Yeah. Yeah, you can see uh, start. You can start at forty seconds if you want, and you can see it kind of like barely come into frame under the tree. If you want, to even start at Boy, thirty-seven seconds, you might get I a better. Am blind. Good thing I can't see it. I'm looking at it, and I just can't see it. All right, go to thirty-seven seconds, Jesse. 
Go to 37. Yep, I'm going to put you far back. Right now. Okay, okay, so watch under the right-hand tree under the leave area in the dark spot. You're going to see like a oh, blurred pixelation. It's like a, it's like a little blurry. Yeah, and then, and, like, then it goes, and then it goes off. You know what it looks like is it looks like uh, one of those uh, face huggers. Kind of. I guess you can kind of consider it like kinda, a face hugger. It's so blurry that it's like non-threatening I can kind of yeah. see it. I can kind of see that element of it, if you know what yeah. I mean. Sure, sure. Unfortunately, that's the only evidence that currently exists of the Jabba Fofi. But I wouldn't put it past a four-foot spider to exist. Um, oh, absolutely! Absolutely, I believe there's a four-foot spider in the air. A lot of the cryptids in Africa are like a giant snake. It's like yep. a really do you want to do one more version? Yeah. Do you want to do one more? Do you want to do one more? We can do one more. Oh, one more. One more cryptid. cryptid. Are you kidding me? All right. Yeah, the, the Mbele Michele is the one that had the most info and the most to dive into. Everything else is kind of quick and easily disprovable, or has very little evidence, like the spider. But that spider, even the artist rendition of it, it that, that that's out there, you can go look it up. Uh, look up artist rendition of uh, Jabba Fofi. It's horrifying. It's just, no, I don't want to run into that thing. We'll go to another dinosaur-like creature. The Kasai uh -oh. Rex. Uh, what? The, it has Rex in the last name? Hell yeah, dude. It's the Kasai Rex. What do you think okay. it looks like? T-Rex. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a T-Rex. <laughs> it is basically... A T-Rex. It's a, a gigantic theropod cryptid uh, found also in the uh, Republic of Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, supposedly, it is a offshoot tangential surviving species of the Tyrannosaurus Rex, as the cryptid's namesake tends to imply. Although, it's unlikely to. There are photos of this thing existing, but we're going to talk about why they are absolutely hoaxes and how easy it was to fake pictures back then. It's just Jurassic Park footage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, these are photos from the 1930s, my friend. Even easier. Oddly, even easier. You think, how do you Photoshop photos from the 1930s? Well, you'll find out. Don't worry. In 1932, the, uh, a Swedish hunter by the name of John Johnson, sometime called John Johansson, wanted to, uh, wanted to hunt a just huge... Just to mix it up? Yeah, he just wanted to you know, throw it out. John Johnson, John Johansson. That's how he throws it off. Uh, he wanted to go fake. hunt an elephant. Um, back in 1932. So he and his servant left their camp in Cape Town. They crossed a swamp until finally reaching the savannah in the Kasai Valley, which seemed desolate as there were no animals anywhere. You got to feel for that servant. <laughs> he was like, we're going where? Yeah, we're going out in the jungle to go hunt some like animals. Oh, very well, sir. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know, that dude was like, how many? Okay. How many servants do you think who were big game hunter people's like servants try to make a break for it in the jungle? Oh, I would have been like, he shot, he like, the, he accidentally shot himself. Crazy. <laughs> oh, oh my God. You bring him back with the body. How'd that happen? Yeah, that's oh, so sad, dude. I'd bring him so back. Sad. I guess I'll go home. I guess I'll go free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No he always deal. told me free now. he was, his biggest hope was that I could be free after he died and give me a good five years of freedom. Yeah. That's what he said. Oh, well. You believe me, right? <laughs> Anyway, this poor servant was dragged out into the jungle and then was brought into a desolate valley where no animals were anywhere to shoot. That was until the servant cried out in excitement when he saw two elephants. So Johnson or Johansson, however he was feeling that particular day, <laughs> cocked his shoddy, head over to the, to the animals, but something was wrong with the animals. There were two of them, and it was supposed to be a pack. About 44 meters away, there was something in the underbrush stalking the elephants. 
Before long, it jumped out and started hunting the elephants. The servant dropped into the undergrowth while jo Johnson, paralyzed, changed aim and decided to shoot this strange creature. He shot him three times and only one shot hit, hitting the creature in the back. You know what? He needed to get the Gormans. They hit every shot they shot, dude. Dude, every any, time they, they fired like Dune from Jurassic Park. <laughs> they were. They were. Oh! <laughs> yeah. They should have went on this then this journey. It would have been better for him. He shot him three times and only one shot hit him, uh, hitting the creature on the back. The creature backed away and left. Johnson raised uh, his servant and decided to go back to his camp in Cape Town. But first, they had to cross the swamp. When they were halfway to the swamp, they heard a splash, thought of crocodiles, and so he looked everywhere until he saw 22 meters away the very same creature that they saw in the savanna, tearing the hump of a rhinoceros off of its back. Oh, my and God. That was, and oh that with God. one bite tore off the rhinoceros's leg. Jesus Johnson's Christ. servant ran terrified while John stayed there and watched. He immediately thought of shooting the animal, remembered, terrified that the servant had taken it and that the animal just ran off rather un un unfettered. But he still had his camera, so he took a photo of the creature, which upon hearing the click sank quickly into the lake while the rhinoceros's body floated in a pool of blood. Where is this photo? Let's see this photo. Oh, we're going to get to the photos. Don't you... Why are you holding off on this photo? Wordy. <laughs> Where is this photo? Upon returning to camp, John walked shivering and shaking the camera, collapsed, and the men in there picked him up. Quote, it was reddish in color, with blackish colored stripes, he said. It had a long Satan. snout and numerous teeth. He decided that the creature was about 43 feet long. Was 43? a Tyrannosaurus... He decided that it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex and also said the legs were thick and it reminded me of a lion built for speed. That sounds like when a grandpa like gets scared of something and he's trying to like make it sound like really scary. <laughs> really scared to make him sound it like he's a badass. 43 feet long, I said. I tell you, it was, it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex with lion's legs. <laughs> At the beginning of the, the next year, 1933, a group made up of five hunters went to Kasai Valley to hunt the creature called the Kasai Rex by the newspaper Rhodesia Herald which they thought was a good was a crocodile giant and that they would hunt to sell their skin at a good price. They arrived at the valley and passed through the same swamp where Johnson had spent the previous year. One of the hunters was frightened to see a reddish tail sink into the lake. They thought it was an anaconda. Until the atmosphere became tense, they readied their weapons, but were surprised by a wave of water that fell on them from the left side. The reddish tail had, had left the marsh violently and hit one of the hunters who fell into the water. The other four began to shoot at the reddish mass that submerged, but they saw nothing, only waves of water that dispersed throughout the surface. The fallen man with a broken arm got up and tried to reach his companions. There was a roar from under the water. They moved as fast as possible, but their path was hindered by a giant creature that came out on the right side that was submerged on the left side. The hunters had, had hidden themselves in a rock, and in the end, they left the area. No other confirms. So yeah, they hit a rock and then they ran off. The thing didn't come out of the water. Okay. So you might be wondering, well, there's pictures, dude. What's going on with the pictures? Why weren't there any uh, alleged photos? Well, one picture depicts a monitor lizard-like creature on top of a rhinoceros. One, and the other is uh, the other was from um, the guy who went on the on the expedition. Both were proven as hoaxes, as the lizard had actually been cut out from a nature magazine. The second photo shows Photoshop. a Tyrannosaurus. 
<laughs> the second photo shows a T-Rex-like creature eating a rhinoceros, which has been confirmed to be an image from the, uh, from the Valley of Gwangi cut on, on top and placed on top of the rhinoceros. So another the magazine was cut. It's just another, it's another magazine, a magazine from the area. Can I see these pictures? Yeah, you can Google it. You can uh, see all these pictures. <laughs> the Kasai Rex picture yep. is hilarious. It's great, dude. It's so good. It literally, it, you can see the white outline around yep. the lizard. The third picture shows a, a kind of monitor-like lizard with stripes roaring since, but it looks like a monitor lizard. So it's likely just a monitor lizard. Deadass just looks like Disneyland. Yes, doesn't it? Like, that's what they did. They cut out a photo. They put it on top of another photo, then took a picture of that. Like, it's just, oh, God, it's so, it's so obvious. Um, and that, that, my friends, is the, uh, the Kasai-Rex, the T-Rex-like creature that supposedly exists in the Congo. But I love the fan art, but I hate the, the pictures. Another very popular <laughs> sighting that we're not going to cover because there's no point in covering it is uh, another very popular sighting out in Africa is dragons. Like, like fire-breathing wings like dragons, but like it's it's uh there's speculation as to whether the fire-breathing comes from acid that they believe whatever they were running into was spitting at them and it burned like fire, and so that's where the legends kind of came from. But dragons are another popular cryptid in Africa. Just straight up dragons. Yep, straight up dragons. Just like people are reporting dragon sightings like UFO sightings. Yep. If we do another part two on Africa, which I'd like to do, the other supernatural-like creature that I... The only supernatural-like creature beyond a dragon that I'd like to cover are actual jungle ghouls. Like, humanoid-like creatures that are, like, stalk you in the forest and may or may not be confused with cannibals and stuff like that, that but who knows? fucking horrific. Yeah. There's also, uh, like, skinwalker types. Yes, like, there are. There's one that is a literally like a lightning bird witch doctor mm. and then one that's like a one-eyed bat There's uh, such man cool stuff who out there. masquerades as a human during the day then at night becomes like a one-eyed bat and is like i'll suck your blood <laughs> yeah there's so many cool there's so many cool things yeah uh in african lore it's great i feel like a a ancient lot of astronauts them, are actually uh another big one out there i feel like a lot of the weird things from africa that like explorers bring back like yeah, I think part of it just has to do with the fact that Africa was like at one point in time like a completely unknown land. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I'd be willing to say still. Uh, yeah, I mean the jungles land. themselves, they're especially impossible. to Westerners. I just mean you know now you could see an ostrich and you wouldn't be like, what the fuck? But like, you yeah, know, <laughs> it had two <laughs> long then, legs, like, three toes like with claws, or like yeah, a lion exactly. is like so scary. Compared it to like, it still looks like a dinosaur. It yeah. does. If you look at an ostrich. That's like the closest thing to some dinosaur. Yeah, like a yeah. secretary bird. Have you ever looked up one of those? Nope. Look that thing up. The the, thing. the the shoe the shoe bill like uh the shoe bill birds. Those things are fucking crazy dinosaur looking too. A secretary bird dead ass looks like if you just put feathers on a dinosaur. It just looks like if there was a raptor that was like. Oh yeah, I've seen these things. Yeah. They're freaking cool looking. Though. Yeah, I see them at the zoo all the time, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, that thing could ruin my life. <laughs> yeah, if it just didn't want, yeah. didn't like you anymore. It's totally insane. Well, thanks for coming along on this cryptid journey with me, gentlemen. It was fun to dive into some more like uh, this type of thing, yeah. like fa fa fairy great. tale lore type yeah, stuff. Yeah, folklore stuff's always so like enriching. Yes, it is. And I want to tease. I've got two big projects in the work. We all know, obviously, MK Ultra. But I've got, uh, we finally got uh, the next one that um, uh, Kit is working on. I'm excited. We are finally going to be working on Roswell. 
Oh, ho, ho, ho. I'm so Why are we working pumped. on Roswell? We all know the aliens are at Wright Pat Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio. Why are we doing <laughs> because this? Because the Roswell crash remnants are now in Ohio, and that's where they were taken. See, They're not there. Right, everything was taken at Wright Pat like Air Force Base. And then yeah, but like, there's an but answer, baby. Yeah. Yeah, but there's an answer, baby. Uh, Roswell will be another like Skinwalker four-parter, I think, because the Roswell's where we start. We have to break down Majestic Twelve. We have to break have you down. Been, have you been to? I've never been. been? I've never let's, been. Let's go ten thousand. I'm down, dude. $10, yeah, wherever we go for the ten thousand dollar like live special, I'm in. Have you been to Area Fifty One? No. I have, and I'm, I don't even believe in that. I know, I know, but I've I never really there. traveled until like, this job kind of came just around. Didn't have the right headband on. You probably just weren't you, running fast enough. I'm imagining, Jesse, <laughs> then you know that Roswell, there's two crashes, not just one. Right. There's yeah. the crash and then the cover-up crash, obviously. Yeah, let's just, Come boys, on. let's just go let's, to the desert. Well, what if both crashes weird. are real? Oh, we'll talk about it, baby. They but are. We, we're, we're, they, we're, they are. That's, man, that's where Majestic 12 is, and like we really got to break that down. So it's going to be a big, big baby. We're, I'm a pumped. I'm so fucking excited to talk I'm gonna about it. I'm going to buy a telephoto lens, and we're going to go to the desert. That's what's going to happen. Let's do it, dude. I'm, I, All I'm oh, saying is let's do it. I would just, we oh. barely went into Area 51 and had dudes in pickup trucks following us. Yep. So like, and you now know, it's probably yeah. worse. Yeah, it's probably yeah, now way, it's probably way, way, way worse. Be uh, prepared. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, thank you, too. We're almost at 1,200 reviews on iTunes, and Yo. there's so many of you on Spotify Woo. that have just been dropping us some good, good reviews. You guys have been really, really spreading the word. Um, we're glad we can keep you guys entertained. For those who are over on Patreon, we're going to go knock out a couple mini-sodes for you guys to listen to, so you can jump right over there and listen to them. And then uh, don't worry. They're always timed exclusives. We'll be, we just dropped a mini-sode compilation last week. You can expect another You'll one of those in about a month. you hear them all for free, but you can yeah, hear time. it now if you support us. Correct, as well as get a bunch of behind the scenes stuff. Hell yeah! You can find us over on Twitter. I myself and at Mathis Games. Jesse's at Jesse Cox. Alex is at Fasiane A. Flaminga. The podcast itself is at Chiluminati Pod. Same thing with the subreddit. It's r slash Chiluminati Pod. That thing has been popping off lately too. There's so many good stories popping up over there. Yeah, um, lots. And <laughs> Jesse, people are posted had posted dreams up there for you to interpret. So maybe we'll do some more dreams. Oh my god! Maybe we'll do can some I do more dreams. Interpretation episode. Yeah. So I, I can interpret. Y'all, I can interpret dreams. I know I you can. I am a dream interpretation master. I can't believe how far you swing to the other side of the coin on that one specific yeah. topic. On that one topic. That's because it's fun and not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not like it's real. And on that, we're out of here, dude. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support on Patreon. You guys made this our jobs. We love you for it. Goodbye. Peace. Bye.